Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Hello, Ben. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing after fixing all of our sound problems? I am so sick of Skype. Wow. I want you to take over on this. What, do you got a PC? I'm the talent. I, I, don't, I don't do the tech stuff that you... Nah, you're just a good friend of the show. I, I am the show. You're We've a been over very this. close I, friend of the show. I can, I can <laughs> hang up. You could, but you won't, because you need this even more than I do. Uh, it's not that I need it, but I did already tell you, I ain't got shit else going on. I know. So I texted you earlier, so... You thought that your furlough was almost done. What's going on with that? Well, I don't know. They just initially had said it was through at least May 4th, and mm-hmm. then the governor extended the stay-at-home order, so... Heck yeah, he did? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're still... I'm still furloughed. Um, I... I don't know when I'll be back. I'd be surprised if it's before the two-week extension is up, but we'll see. Um, they could call me back, but I hope they don't because I still love furlough. How about you, buddy? You're on furlough now too, huh? Well, I take everything to the max, Ben. You know how I do it. Uh, you yeah. tell me to do anything, and I'm like, I'm going to take it. I'm going to do that request that you just offered me, and I'm going to take it as far and as uh, as extreme as I possibly can. So, first day of furlough for me, uh, I decided to order up some mulch. Paid 135 bucks, got a huge mountain of mulch dropped off in my driveway, and then I continued to spend five hours shoveling mulch uh, all around my landscaping. And, uh, God, that was a mistake, because my body is destroyed right now. I'm in a lot of pain. Do you wish you had hired somebody, or you just wish you'd spaced the workout over a longer time? I wish I would have spaced the workout. Yeah, I wish I would have spaced the workout. I borrowed a wheelbarrow from my neighbor across the alley, and uh, she's both nice and a little weird. So when I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish all this today, is it okay if I use it again tomorrow? And then she sort of went, ooh, uh... And I said, oh, do you need it? She's like, no, not really. So she just... She stays home a lot. I think she retired a long time ago, so she's just kind of home and weird. And so uh, I was scared to hold on to it, so I'm like, I guess i got to get this done today. Giant mountain of mulch. Two huge industrial trucks dumped off the mulch. Uh, Got it done in five hours, and all it did was just my front yard. So my backyard is still mulch-free, which means I have to order up another freaking load of that stuff. So are you just not doing grass now? This is all mulch? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I want to take the entire yard and get rid of all the grass options and just have nothing but mulch. Good. No plants, no nothing. Just Yeah, I mean, some people chips. get rid of their grass and they, they do you know native plants and grasses and whatnot. Uh, but you're just going all mulch, huh? I saw somebody one time, for real, that replaced all of their lawn with hostas, which I'm never impressed with hostas. They just look like a big weed or something you'd see in the woods that you'd probably step on or pee on and not think twice about it. But people love that crap. And, uh, yeah, it was just all hostas. So I was debating that. But nope, going with mulch. So that's my life, Ben. I got it all done in one day. And now I've been crippling around the house. You'll survive. Just take some painkillers and you'll be fine. Fine, whatever. But that's it. I have literally nothing else going on in my life. Uh, I mean, I don't have to work for two weeks, and I'm going to try and keep myself busy with house chores. And that's pretty much it. Well, I mean, that seems like a good segue into gardening tips, if you want. <laughs> so we're done talking about our week? All right, fine. Let's go well, straight no, to I gardening can, tips. I can get back. I'm just trying. I'm, I'm concerned about flow. You know that. <laughs> All right. Go on. What's the gardening tips? Uh, when planting your annual seedlings, put a bit of peat moss, slow-release fertilizer, and bone meal into the hole before the flower. You'll have healthy, beautiful flowers all season. Okay, we need to back up because you were saying words that make sense individually, but when you put them together, I couldn't fathom what you were saying. What's a seedling? Is it smaller than a seed? I, I just... 
recited the entire tip. It doesn't come with any <laughs> end notes or anything. I'm sorry. Did you say that besides using some sort of chemical fertilizer, I also need to use something slow, bone, bone-based? Slow-release fertilizer and some and sort of bone meal. What's bone meal exactly? I don't know. S- sounds like ground-up bone. That's disgusting. Well, Does yeah, it but... also involve, like, fingernail clippings? Anything <laughs> else in this tip that's as disturbing as that? Again, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just passing along the information. I'm not the expert here. Gretchen is. I don't know what any of that means either. I gotta say, Gretchen really needs to take things up a notch. She needs to give us these the gardening tips, which are incredible. I'm a big fan of it. Last time we learned all about radishes. Uh, but this time, uh, I think we're gonna need, we're gonna need a, an explanation of what these things are. What's a seedling? Is it something like a baby version of what is already a baby seed? I don't know. I mean, I guess we should be flattered that she's assuming a level of knowledge here that we would have, but we just <laughs> simply don't possess it in reality. So, yeah, a little. Well, unlike me, where I've become a farmer now with my house, uh, last summer I spent the entire summer trying okay, to grow grass. Rebecca, you, you're not a farmer. You're a laborer at best. Uh, you, you spent five hours shoveling mulch with a wheelbarrow. That's not, that's not farming. That's just labor. Well, last summer I spent the entire time trying to grow grass in both the backyard and the front yard, which means three times a day you have to get out and water. And uh, I was like a farmer. Get up at dawn, get out there before the sun gets up, water it, stays around, get out there at noon, do the same thing at sunset. Uh, so I'm carrying on the same tradition. Well, this time uh, I spent Saturday Wait, uh, cleaning windows. I don't think you windows. have to water mulch, though, so you'll be all right. Eh, I could, I could still do it if I want to. Not just wasting water. Please don't do that. All right, fine. Anything else exciting going on in your life, Ben? Uh, well, like I said, I'm still on furlough. Still loving it. Um, I did get a text last Wednesday at 6.30 in the morning, for some reason, from my boss. Oh, boy. Letting me know what she thought was good news, that she'd been called back to work. And then, you know, it's, it's a hopeful sign that maybe I won't be too far behind. Um so first of all, she just doesn't understand like how great this is for me. I'm, <laughs> this is like a month long vacation now. It's it's awesome. I don't want to go back. Yeah, right. Um, second, why is she texting me at six thirty in the morning? That's Did, weird. So you said she actually went in to the office. Yeah, that's the other thing. She's in the office. And then so she was like up and excited, like it's like I'm a real work. So she's oh, probably yeah, just she's... one of those people that is so dependent on working because she can't yeah. stand being by herself and having to face her own personality defects. And horrible histories and bad memories. Who knows what else she's got going on? It's probably like when she closes her eyes at night, I'm sure there's just a cacophony of screaming uh, until she eventually falls asleep inside her mind. But so she's happy because she gets to go into work. So she's up bright and early texting you. Does she not also think your boss is the worst person in the world? Because. No. I don't think we mentioned this last time. You sent me. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the the president and CEO of my company was. Featured on the uh, local news around here, the television news, um, he thinks it's time to reopen for business. He wrote a letter to the governor mm-hmm. scolding him for closing the schools for the rest of the year and saying it's time to reopen Minnesota for business. Oh, and schools, um, too. Children should stop being so lazy and get back to school. Yeah, so he's he's one of these people. He's got um, no empathy whatsoever. <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah, so that's that's the company I work at. Yeah, and so she's and cool with that? Like, this, she's probably the same way? Yeah, I think so. She's just a workaholic and yeah, yeah, um, shares a similar worldview, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so that's the company I work at. Um, yeah, I think with enough history here of the yeah. horrible things you've had to say about your company, make sure that this time you never let anyone know you have a podcast that you work with. I yeah, I, I did uh, oh, mention it to one person, a while ago, but no, she I. <laughs> I found out last week on LinkedIn, I found out that she has left the company. She started somewhere else. So, Oh, well, good for her. Yeah. Does she know um, about it? Like, has she listened to it? No, no, no. She just knew it's a thing that I did, but she didn't oh, know the name of it or anything it, like that. It. So, Yeah. Um, I let the coworkers know that I have a podcast, but I refuse to let any of them hear it or know about like what it's called or anything because yeah. I don't have the freedom. I can't be myself, Ben. If my coworkers yeah. are listening, I can't be myself. Uh, you learned you know, that lesson. I, I certainly wouldn't be speaking like this, this unfiltered manner, if I. Well, you did I get around at your last job, 
you had complained openly about how crappy the company is and how ethically questionable it is, and then that didn't okay, like. Okay, I did your... no such thing because I didn't have the, the company wasn't ethically questionable. It was just I didn't like the industry. The company was fine. Well, it's you know making money off of other people's misery, but uh, then your coworker actually played it for everyone during a meeting. <laughs> You know, you weren't working there anymore, but you know, it makes it difficult yeah. to use them as a reference. So that thought no, that doesn't. was pretty funny. They still, they're. I just was uh, texting with my old boss earlier today. They want me to help out with something. So well, well, well look at that. I have not burned that bridge. You know, they can take a beating. Well, that's nice. Well, anyways, <laughs> so besides your uh, work situation, uh, is there anything else you you're loving your furlough so much? What are you doing with your furlough besides well, hikes? We're a couple of days into the month of May now. We're, we're into a new month. So I can proudly say I went the entire month of April without using deodorant once. Look at you. Um, I also have not trimmed my beard since mid-March. People talk about yeah, this, but you're doing fantastic. it. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I'm doing it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, and like you said, uh, some hikes. I saw some bison last week. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. State Park. They're in it. They're in the bison enclosure. So, I was going mean, to say, no, was it a fenced off really area? <laughs> it is. So it's not like I just happened to cross it like I did with that giant snake. But still, I've never seen a bison in person before, so that was kind of cool. I just, imagine, like, the... I just imagine like you go up to the bison area and there's like an electric fence. And there then is, yep. you press a button and a large, like a loud, loud horn sounds. And then like some sort of horrible contraption forces the bison up to the fence so you have to see them. So, like, you're like, ah, nature. Yeah, that's not quite how it works, but... Uh, All right, fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I did that. Uh, I saw another big snake, not as big as the one I saw before, but it was still a pretty sizable snake. Oh, well, Bigger well. than a garter snake, so I mm-hmm. saw that. And I also saw the brightest, reddest cardinal I've ever seen in my life, so that was quite a sight to behold. This is starting to get kind of... kind of sad. Oh, what? Yeah, it's getting a little sad. You don't enjoy the wonders of nature? Uh, it's a, you know, it's one thing to talk about a snake you saw that was big and weird, and we're all both like, oh, weird, I thought we only had garter snakes, but now you you say, oh, I saw another snake, it wasn't as big as the last one, and I also saw a beautiful cardinal. It was strikingly <laughs> bright, Brad, I mean, I was, uh, I was most cardinals aback. are, okay, fine. I don't no, think they're was, not, that's what I'm saying, this one was considerably brighter than any other cardinal I've ever seen. It was like a dago color, like something from the it was 90s? just a brilliant bright red, it was, um... Uh, that cardinal. I mean, it's springtime. I'm, I'm sure that guy is just getting all sorts of action. Uh, well, yeah. I'm sure that's part of the mating ritual. He's got the brightest uh, pelt. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you still sound like someone who's been retired for 10 years. Uh, yeah, it's great. I, I can't wait. If this is what retirement is, yeah. <laughs> well, you can always ask my dad uh, in the wintertime. So in the summertime and the spring and stuff, he's always out and going up north and uh, camping in the woods and and it's all really fun. Like, he just gets up there and relaxes and has a good time. Uh, but in the wintertime, he can't. Uh, so there's a good three months where he's just trapped in the house. There's not really a whole lot for him to do. He goes out right. and shops every once in a while, but really you're just kind of sitting in the house a lot. So Why, why can't he go outside in the winter? I go outside in the winter. Uh, well, he can. There's not a whole lot for him to do. Like, what do you do in the winter? Ski? My dad's mm. not a skier. He's a man. Do the same shit I do in the summers. Uh, a lot of hiking and whatnot. You can do that in the winter. Bech. Maybe, maybe I'll get some snowshoes. Yeah, bech. I don't know. I don't know if I like your life, Ben. Okay, well, <laughs> you can you can keep working and enjoying it through the winter. I, I'm making the most of this time off from work, and I, I wish it was permanent. Yeah, I know. I think I'm going to run out pretty quickly on things to do around here but um i still have to wait seven days like to do the right thing and and wait and not uh, go out amongst people though i did get the masks i ordered i have a, a friend who lives in los angeles and she said that it was mandatory for everyone to wear masks when you go out in public mainly like grocery stores and stuff yeah um so she said well minneapolis you're probably about a month or so behind us so you should probably order masks now and she said this a month and a half ago so I did. I got an Etsy, which is her recommendation. That's where you get handmade masks. And uh, I ordered like six of them so that my kids and I could have them if needed and switch them out to wash them and still have another clean one. And I uh, finally just got them today. So uh, I'm, but then there's the debate, like, is everyone wearing masks when they go to Target now? It's been a while for me. Uh, or am I going to be the one creepy weirdo that everyone's looking at because they can't tell if I'm sick or paranoid? 
I'm so, struck by how many people aren't wearing masks. I had to stop at the grocery store yesterday, and I would say most people were wearing masks, but there were a lot that weren't. Were you wearing a mask? I was indeed, yeah. Oh, were you? Okay. So, all right, I'm going to take yeah. your tip. I'm going to do it. Um, speaking of masks, I, I just who are these people that I see driving around wearing masks by themselves in their own car? I don't understand I don't, that. Yeah, I don't think people understand how this mask thing works. And it was a long while ago when I asked my friend from Japan, like, how come people in Tokyo, like photos you see, there's always a couple people wearing masks. And, you know, not everybody, but you'll see, you know, a handful in a photo or video of what's going on in Tokyo. And she said, oh, that's people that are sick. Like, there's just so many people so condensed here that if one person is sick and riding the subway and stuff, they're they're going to get others sick. So if, if someone's wearing a mask, it's because they have a cold or a flu. And I said, oh. And so then when this stuff started happening with us, I said, uh, so should I be getting masks? And she goes, well, normally, because we were talking about how all the masks were running out and, you know, doctors and nurses don't have any because people were buying them up and stuff. And she's like, yeah, it's pretty annoying because you should only be wearing masks if you're sick. And so, yes, you see somebody who's by themselves in the car. Like, I was sick. I think I would get out of the car and put my mask on and go into the store. Then when I get out of the store, I take my mask off and get me when I'm in the car. Yeah, you're not just driving around with a mask on. Yeah, like if I'm trying... Still, if, do, do these people wear their masks at home, too, do you think? Well, that's do what I'm thinking. So I the, mean, what? The idea that you're supposed to be wearing the mask if you're sick to protect others is why it makes sense to take it off in the car when you're at home. I think these people think that you wear the mask to keep the disease from getting in you. But they're not wearing glasses or safety goggles, so if there is disease that they're worried about, it's just going straight into their eyes. <laughs> so it doesn't, they're just that, I don't know, not knowledgeable. There's really, if you think about it, there's really not enough information out there. You have to go to the CDC website yourself and get it. There isn't like, you know, big broadcasts about here's why you wear a mask. Here's what you should do. So, eh, just ignorant people. Yeah, that's the story of America in the 21st century. Yeah, uh, there's that statistic saying that we have lost more people to the coronavirus here in America than we did in the totality of the Vietnam War uh, and our involvement in the Vietnam War. Uh, But still, Jared Kushner got out there and said, uh, victory. (laughs) We're going to be rocking this summer. Didn't he say rocking? Did he? Oh, I didn't catch that. I just read the headlines about like Jared Kushner claims victory. And I'm like, that pasty faced little bitch. He shouldn't even be talking in public. He should just yeah. hide in the shadows and wait it out. Yeah. I mean, he's got an impressive track record, though. He solved coronavirus. He previously um, brought peace to the Middle East. I was so, just going to say, he was assigned to the Middle East, and he crushed it. I mean, now yeah. it's like the walls are coming down, and everyone's like friends. They're all mixing. He did a great job over there. So, Yeah, so credit where it's due. Yeah, Jared Kushner. Maybe, maybe having a rich dad is a good thing and you should be bragging about it huh yeah I and personally would not know but yeah it sounds uh, he's got a rich like dad and a, and a rich father-in-law so he's everything about that guy is just successful and winning well yeah I have nothing else to report uh house shit that's all I'm gonna be doing uh I am really sick of being stuck in my house uh reading my books yesterday to wrap up what I started from the last episode yeah I was itching to just get outside and not be in my house anymore so why don't you just read outside you can go outside right just stay in your yard or it was a little bit chillier yesterday Uh, the day before was really nice I'm like I can't read (laughs) it was like sunny and in the mid 60s yesterday what how old are you it was chilly I'd go outside but I don't know where my sweater is I'd catch a chill Uh, I was gonna say what do do you wear did you wear shorts yesterday I wish I had. I went outside for a while and I was wearing my my joggers, my hmm. pants. But uh, I w- they, I'd wish are they tight then? Are they, are they real tight? Those joggers? They're. I mean, they're not inappropriately tight, but they're yeah. they're stylishly. They're, yeah. You know, they have a tailored look. Yeah, a tailored look. Yeah, they can see the shape of yeah. your legs. Maybe the the buttocks. My legs are my by far my best physical assets. So yeah, <laughs> the legs I can show them off. Ben's legs are the windows to his soul. Uh, my calves, specifically. <laughs> I've gotten compliments from multiple people on my calves in you the have past. Not. I have. I um, like on the street. 
I, from a <laughs> former coworker back uh, back like in high school when I worked at the uh, that car dealership. Hmm. I was wearing shorts there, and then one of the one of my coworkers commented on how nicely sculpted my calves looked. No, look at you. And then uh, later on, several years later, I was in college, and somebody, uh, an acquaintance of mine who worked out a lot, he he said he was jealous of my calves. He couldn't get his legs to look like mine. Oh, you got little twig legs? What do you have going on? I don't know. I just, well, no, it's just everyone has little twig legs compared to mine. <laughs> Does your friends, like, work out, but they never do leg day or whatever, and so that's what they're regretting? I, I, I think so, because all the show muscles are up top, and that's yeah, all they you know, the glamour they muscles, that's how you yeah. get people to look at you. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I've been told that I've got nice legs, which uh, was told by Audra, of all people. Uh, this is years and years and years ago. I went, I was wearing shorts when we got together one time, like probably close to 10 years ago. And, uh, and then she I don't goes, know if I've ever seen you wear shorts. I know. You I don't normally wear shorts, this. but it was really yeah. hot out. So I was just like, I'm going to okay. be sweating. Well, yeah, there's so nothing wrong with wearing shorts. I put some shorts on t-shirt, got there and she goes, whoa, 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 look at you. And I said, oh, uh, well, I've kind of gained some weight. Do you think I'm looking okay? She goes, no, not you, your legs. I go, what's with my legs? She goes, you got nice looking legs. And I'm like, I don't think guys can have nice looking legs, can they? Like, that's not, is that a thing women look at? And she goes, oh, yeah. And she goes, like, I'm not wet or anything. I'm just saying, you got some nice shape to your legs. (laughs) Well, if she saw mine, then she maybe would be wet. (laughs) Is she listening, by the way? Do we know if she listens? Uh, I think I told her about the podcast a long time ago, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, what do you expect? She's a yeah. That's, I would expect. She's out else. there in the world, going to work, checking out all those guys' getaway sticks. Look at the gams on that guy over there. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! High stepper, where are you going with those shapely things? She does that kind of crap all day. Yeah. Well, should we get into book reviews? Is that a uh, bubbly I hear you sipping over there? Oh yeah, I've been drinking uh, carbonated water all day long. It's uh. I'm treating it like it's the middle of July. Everything's iced water now all the time. Have you carbonated any milk yet? No, because I don't have one of those things. And I have been debating buying one. But uh, Just so you can carbonate milk? uh, Yeah, and I asked my daughter about that. I said, yeah, we brought that up on the podcast. Um, Were you kidding? I thought you were serious. And she goes, no, I'm serious. It's what people do. And I go, have you ever tried it? And she goes, oh, no, no. But I've heard about some other people whose parents do it, and then they tried it and said it wasn't that bad. And I'm like, it's like the Uncanny Valley. Like, at first I want to say gross, but then I'm like, well, milk's not bad, and I like things that are carbonated. And do we know yet? Is there any, like, supposed benefit to doing that? Like, is there a reason people, like, oh, it's going to make my skin look younger if I do this? Or, like, some bullshit yeah, like a reason why they're doing now. it? Or it just... um, Let's take a look. Let's do a Google search. I thought maybe your daughter would know. I thought no, she, she didn't know. She was just like, I, she was like, okay. my friend's parents do it. Uh, reason why you'd carbonate <laughs> milk. I wonder, this would be perfect if it had some benefit to like making your legs more sculpted. Um, yeah, you're always looking on trying to improve your leg game, aren't you? Yeah. I just found an entry called everything2.com. And it says, carbonated milk. Is carbonated milk the next cool drink in town? A company is coming out with a new drink called Emu, which is a milk-based carbonated beverage. However, the product can't be marketed as milk, even though it's just an addition of carbon dioxide to pasteurized milk. But must be sold as a beverage, USDA, blah, 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 blah. It provides a burst of taste that comes with the bubbles. Also, it extends the shelf life of what you would expect from milk. With refrigeration, the company says that Emu can last six weeks. Why would... Uh, That's... Weird. I don't understand why carbonation would make it last longer, but yeah, but it's, it's exciting. My uh, youngest daughter is lactose intolerant, so I buy the lactose-free milk, and that stuff lasts for months and months and months. It's ridiculous. Like the expiration date is like three months out. Uh, but anyways, somebody wrote back saying you might have noticed that they don't sell carbonated milk in your area. There's a reason for this, and the reason is that carbonated milk is disgusting. No one in their right mind would ever drink it, let alone make it. <laughs> Well, it doesn't sound that bad. I mean, it would be weird, but I don't know. I would try it. I can't decide. I think the first thing that comes to mind is how gross that is. Then the second thing that comes to mind is like... But why is it gross? That's what I'm saying. Like Like a sweetened milk with bubbles? 
like a like a chocolate milk or like you know strawberry milk like like then made with bubbles in the game maybe I don't know but just like straight up milk with no sweetening of any type in it and then bubbles I don't know I guess I'm just gonna have to try it well, I mean it's sweetened with natural occurring sugars like lactose so just nature's sweetness uh, yeah well I'll find out know. someday I, would, I am gonna I, buy a bubbler I, thing because I'm tired of uh Especially now that I have to have all my groceries delivered till I'm officially out of the woods. Uh, I am tired of running out of bubbly and uh, and having to settle for other weird flavors. Like, I got LaCroix, uh, and it was some sort of hi- like flour-flavored, like an actual flour, like a hibiscus. Oh, it, yeah, I, you don't like that? I, I've had that one. I liked it. Yeah, it's weird. It's like I was drinking a plant. I didn't like it at all. Okay, so you, you just don't have a very adventurous palate, it sounds like. Do you, do you not eat vegetables either? You don't like the taste of plants. I just, as soon as you said adventurous, as soon as you said adventurous palate, like I've had salads and, and vegetables. Yes, it's fine. Something about like eating a rose doesn't sound good. Uh, but so drinking this was kind of like drinking a flower. But when you said adventurous palace, my first thought was like some sort of eyes wide shut scenario of a bunch of like uh, adventurous palate aficionados wearing masks so they can hide their identity as they drink weird things. <laughs> yeah, so you just sound close minded to me. I'm not close minded. Because you were saying it just it sounds weird drinking a flower. Like, no, it geez, tasted get, weird get, drinking get a flower. That's what it sounds like. Well, that, but you said it sounds weird. Fine. It tasted weird. I actually okay. had it. I had to drink but all twelve cans of it. I think you're, I think you're it. poisoning your own well with that. Like, you need to change the narrative that you're telling yourself around these things and be open-minded and, and just try. Like, huh, a flower that could be interesting to drink. I'm looking forward <laughs> to trying this. And then when and I so take my first like, sip, that sounds weird. This isn't my bubbly that I ordered. I want a grapefruit. God damn it! <laughs> I wanted pampelmus. Yeah. yeah I, if I uh, so if I drink it and I don't like it, if I say that I don't like it in a positive way, will that somehow enhance the flavor for me? Like, I didn't expect it to taste like this. This is a new and interesting flavor that I don't enjoy right this moment. And then... Yeah, you can say, I don't enjoy this flavor, but I'm glad I tried it because uh, such is the spice of life. Variety is the spice of life or something. There was a time when my niece was just an infant and I was playing with her and I held her up above my face. And uh, this is right after feeding her. And, you know, I was doing the whole, oh, who's my favorite niece? Who's and she threw up and my mouth was open and she threw up into my mouth. That was a flavor I didn't enjoy. Uh, should I have also have taken that same approach that you're describing right now uh, with baby throw up in my mouth? Okay, now you're being ridiculous. You're being like one of those right-wing radio nutjobs who <laughs> says that, well, what, if the gays can marry, what's going to stop me from marrying my dog? Huh? Think about that. You, well, you, just did the, uh, you just did the modern version of um, when you're in an argument with someone, like the first person that says you're a Nazi loses. You kind of did that right now with the uh, right-wing <laughs> wow. The thing that you're just going on about. I can have an opinion about hibiscus flavored drinks, and it's uh, it doesn't mean that uh, I'm going to bring the nation down. It's well, fine. Saying, for your own benefit, maybe you would, you'd enhance your own life and your experiences by having an open mind about such things instead of <laughs> being closed off to the possibility that it might taste good before you even try it. What would be the benefit of that? Like, well, what do you gain in you the long run? Be, you wouldn't be so uh, bitter about not getting your preferred flavor of bubbly. I mean, you'd be opening yourself to a wider possibility of beverages that would suit you. You wouldn't have to buy. <laughs> how much does a soda stream cost? How much are you spending on this contraption? Because you don't like hibiscus flavored LaCroix. <laughs> so the only reason why I should have an open mind about the flavors of water is just so that I can expand the arena of flavored waters that I drink. It's not that it improves my life overall. That just is one that came to mind quickly. I mean, I'm sure there's other benefits too, but like maybe I'd have a girlfriend again. Yeah. Well, I was going to say more generally, you just, you wouldn't sound like such a sourpuss all the time and being so scared of the world. Is that what I, okay. All right. Well, yeah, you seem to be afraid of new experiences. (laughs) I'm glad that this, uh, hibiscus flavored water really kind of pulled back the curtain on this facade I've been giving people for so long. I think we made some real progress here tonight. Yeah, I'm I think glad we did we had too. This like, yeah. I'm going to have to write this down in my feelings journal and um, and then write a song about it, which I'll perform on the next episode. Yeah. Well, with that, let's uh, review our books.
then reading yeah. books. We've been doing that. Uh, I didn't have the time you did, uh, so I finished the books, the two books I started last episode. Uh, have you I read a you new one? Both of them. I did. I finished both of them. Good job, buddy. Do you want to uh, talk about what you read? You read a new book, right? I did. Yeah, what was you it? Want, you want me to start this week? Yeah, this week? I didn't realize it was a thing we're keeping track. Just just talk about your book. I don't know. I'm, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like I'm under attack. I have to just choose my words more carefully, I guess. Drink my pample moose. Go on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like how you start out your review with, ah! Well, you, you kind of distracted me with your, your commentary of your beverage. We're still talking about the LaCroix for some reason. Yeah, I can't help it. It's all I literally have going on in my life. Cats, LaCroix, and yard work. So go ahead. Uh, let's. What what book did you read, Ben? Well, the book I selected was a 2017 pick of Oprah's Book Club, so you know it's good. Oh, my Lord. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that. It was just one of the many books on my to-read list, so I picked it up at the used bookstore when I saw it a while ago. Mm-hmm. It's called Behold the Dreamers, and the author... I gotta stop picking these foreign authors, because I just I can't get the names, but Imbolo Imbue, I think, is how I would pronounce her name. Okay. Um, she is a... She's uh, not listening to the show, so you can say it any way you want. She's not gonna well, write I back to you. I prefer to get the name right, and she might be. Hmm. She might be listening. I'm going to yeah, take her in an Instagram post. So she'll probably see that. <laughs> and uh, she might give it a listen. But uh, anyway, she's a Cameroonian author. And um, the novel is follows kind of two families in New York City in 2008, or right before like the financial collapse back then. Um, one family is a... Cameroonian immigrant family, a man, his wife, and their like six-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Um, they live in Harlem, and the guy is works as a chauffeur for the other family. That's the focus of the book. Where the it's a white upper-class family in Manhattan. The guy is a big shot at Lehman Brothers investment banker, mm-hmm. and they have he has a wife, and they have two kids. One kid is kind of young six or seven or so and the other kid is um in college so the book just kind of follows the two families and they're kind of intertwining fates and it's just the book is generally just about the american dream and kind of different versions of it and different perspectives of it and how Hmm. the struggling immigrant family kind of sees what the american dream is and how they're trying to attain it and then contrasting that with the privileged white american family and how they're doing it so uh, it was good. You, I enjoyed it. Was it good? You liked it? Yeah, I liked it. Again, uh, kind of like last time, sounds a little dry. Was it dry? I, I don't know. Like, what do you mean by dry exactly? Like, do you, you want more action when you're reading? Or like, what? No, I don't know. Usually, uh, it's kind of like reading. I guess when I say dry, I think about when I, and I still do occasionally go through my Roman history phase where I just read straight up historical writings like review like talking about some period of roman history or whatever generals uh, emperors or the culture all sorts of stuff and i think it's interesting and i like it but it is very dry like i can't ask someone else to read it because it's just a lot of like information so uh, i guess that's kind of where i'm getting like it was it good where you got really wrapped up in the characters and uh, what's going on in the drama and the contrast between the two families or was it just kind of like a straightforward thing no, I, I got into it. I'm thinking, I wouldn't call it dry. I mean, it's kind of typical of the sort of literary fiction that I read where there's, again, like say this a lot, but like the plot isn't really <clears throat> the point of the book. It's more about the themes and the characters and that. And so, I mean, there's not like a lot of action or anything in here, but it's I there a sex it interesting. At those, I don't think there really was actually. Mother of Pearl. Yeah. No gunplay, no car chase, no sex in it. There was a, a drug overdose. Well, see, there you go, Ben. Um, did the family... Uh, the, the rich white woman uh, OD'd. She oh. had some demons. Oh, boy. So, I mean, that, that's where the interesting part is, is the characters and their backgrounds and that sort of thing. But no, there's <laughs> not, like... There wasn't any gunplay or anything like that. So, uh, an Oprah book turned out to be a good pick. Uh... Is this, well, this is a recent one. It's 2017, so it's fairly recent. 
Yeah. Um, it was also won like the Penn Faulkner Award for Fiction. New York oh, Times wow. had good things to say. Was, yeah, it was a well reviewed book a couple years ago. So Well that's good. Uh is yeah, that the I liked it. that's the book you read? Like was it did it take up your time? Or did you read something else? I'm just wondering. Because uh, last time you were no, reading two was, books. Yeah, no, this is the only one I did this week. It was about four hundred pages, so Alright. Yeah. Well I don't want to over you know I've been enjoying my been relaxing also going on all these hikes i can't read while i'm hiking because i don't listen to books like you do i actually read the books so well you can listen to a book it's not bad it's cheating (laughs) it's cheating it doesn't count as reading it's no it's not reading it's having someone read to you if you were an invalid lying in bed and you asked me to come read a book to you i'd do it and you'd probably enjoy uh the book almost as much as you reading it by yourself so it's still is reading a book. A, a word that we still use? Is that... Oh. Seems like an archaic term. Did oh, you, God damn it. Is that did offensive? I, I don't did know. I, did I just turn into an uh, out-of-date... I mean, again, we've talked about well, this. I mean, you, you live in the suburbs. You have <clears throat> beef with your neighbors. I would, you know, wouldn't be surprised if you're using offensive terms, too. Yeah, well, you know, uh, being fairly clueless to what is considered compassionate or empathetic. I, I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm just, I'm just asking. I, I don't know if that's... Huh. Well, let's look that one up, too. <laughs> uh, look it up on Google. Oh, Wikipedia says it's sometimes considered a politically incorrect term. Why? Oh, Wikipedia, really? Yeah. Invalid, one who is confined to home or bed because of illness, disability, or injury, sometimes considered a politically incorrect term. So, oh, there you go. I see the same way. Way to go. Way to go. Oh. I don't know, it, it doesn't suggest a preferable term, but. Uh, I didn't know that Stack Exchange also had English. English language and usage. Uh, invalid versus handicapped versus disabled. Uh, it's been closed. When is it appropriate to describe any a person of those? Are... Invalid versus Good. handicapped versus disabled. My friend broke his leg and hardly do anything physical. I guess invalid would be the most appropriate because he's not born with his temper is severely debilitating. Well, then I used it in the correct sense if that's what this person's talking about. Uh, for completeness sake, is it ever acceptable or preferable to call someone a cripple or lame? Oh, those just offhand seem bad. Uh, maybe maybe invalids the least offensive of the bunch, I guess. So I you're guess. fine. Uh, probably the oldest term for someone with physical conditions that are considered seriously limiting. It seems to be used primarily as a noun. Also has a... Okay. All right. Well, so it's 50-50, just like if you If I saying. end up in such a state, I will not be personally offended if you refer to me as invalid. <laughs> no, I'd be coming into the uh, hospital room going, Hey, where's my favorite vegetable, huh? Come here. I got a book I was going to read you. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't be able to say or do anything about it because you'd be like in some sort of coma or something. So you just I'm in a to... co- I thought it was just invalid. Now I'm in a coma. I don't My know. Condition seems to be worsening here. I'm concerned. What if uh, what if you're in a horrible car accident and you are paralyzed from the eyes down? That's a thing, I can, right? I can say a lot with my eyes. <laughs> I know. And then like you'd be just if you could only twist your calves around to really show me how you feel right now. Uh, but you can't, because you can't move. Well, in any case, my books uh, turned out, well, the house in the woods by the lake or whatever, that one was a turd fest all the way through. Okay. Um, I gotta say, I'm uh, surprised and impressed that you actually finished both of the books. I didn't th- I didn't think you would do that, so... Oh, for Christ's sake. I always you finish never se- the You books. never cease to amaze me. I never, uh-huh. It's not like we ever had a podcast where I'm like, yeah, I didn't... I only read halfway through <laughs> That's never been an episode. Um, yeah, the the house one, that one was a turd fest all the way through. And that one was an audiobook that I got. And uh, I was listening to it when I was doing yard stuff last week. And I finished it up listening to it when I was doing yard work today. And uh, just the most frustrating experience on earth. Um, written in a timeless setting without names for the man or the woman. Uh, and as I said previously, she took a bear cub from a bear and sung to it and uh, made it forget that it ever had a kid or that it died or whatever. And then she took, you know, sung to the bear cub and made it into a man boy. And then uh, that kid was, you know, kind of wild and weird. The dad never liked it. The dad has devoured a previous child that died in childbirth. uh, And now that child is inside him constantly whispering out of jealousy and goading him to do horrible, selfish things, and the wife leaves because she feels that her and her bear cub son are in danger <clears throat> from the husband, 
and so then he is going through this uh, never-ending house, uh, just this parallel dimension house that has never-ending rooms, trying to find her. Uh, the bear mother shows up, tearing through the house, trying to find him to kill him. Uh, he winds up going into the lake and becomes one with the squid, and then using the power of the squid, kills the bear. Uh, the man-boy bear cub comes back to help the dad because he couldn't find the mom, so now no one can find the mom. So the rest of the book is trying to find the mom, but then when he finds her, she's completely forgotten who the husband is or the child and is like this new person. And it just goes off the rails from there. And uh, in the end... Um, wait, wait, wait. From there, it then goes off the rails? Yeah, I mean... Wow. At least... I thought, I thought... I didn't realize it was still on the rails at that point. I mean, it didn't have any gunplay, but it did have a bear chase. And so it had, you know, a few things to uh, keep your interest going. But uh, but then it's like the rest of the book is him trying to get her to remember him. And then I think the bear boy died, and I don't even care how at that point. And then it's like there's children that live in the woods that this woman would take care of. And then he learned how to be a better dad. But then she left again, but he was okay with it this time. And then when he finds her again, she's become this, like, creature of the woods. And then, like, he becomes a full-time squid. And then in the end, uh, when he dies, his human body washes up on shore, and she doesn't remember him. And he has the pleasure of knowing he died as a good father and husband. (sighs) I was just pissed the entire time. But uh, what was surprisingly... uh, were you more or less pissed than you are when you read a Twilight book? Um, it was getting at Twilight levels. Just because wow. of the, the, the prose, uh, I can't describe it. Like, it, the main, the, the protagonist, the man without a name, it's written as if he's some sort of cartoonish barbarian type or something. You'd be like, I went to the woods. It was night. I could see the stars. I went into the water. The water was dark and I saw black things swimming below me. But it turns out those black things got closer, but then they went away. And like, none of it has any purpose and it's just so overly simplified stylistically that it just gets annoying after, you know, especially in audiobook form. We're just like, oh my God. I hated every goddamn minute of it. Um, I can see why people don't like it. I do not understand how people walked away from some of the reviews I read about this book where they said, like, oh, it's a really touching story about love, like redemption and love. And I did not get that at all. So that sucked. Uh, The one that was surprising was the Witches of New York Um, started out great, and I was loving it. Uh, You got the major players, which is the girl Beatrice. You got the the two witches that she's living with at the shop, and uh, Beatrice learns that she can see ghosts. On the other hand, you've got this demon who is influencing a pastor or a preacher uh, to use him to hunt down and try to kill off these witches or get people to turn against the witches and get them killed and stuff. So I'm like, okay, the pieces are in play. Uh, Let's see how this plays out. Still a really well-written story, still entertaining, kind of an adult Harry Potter kind of thing, but... um, Instead of this major players coming to a, a point of conflict, uh, the demon basically gets the preacher to just kind of kill anyone that he thinks is an offense to God. So then the, the preacher is going out and killing prostitutes. Uh, he kills one witch. Uh, he kills. He tries to kill. He actually captures Beatrice. That's the high point of the story. Uh, locks her in the basement, uh, but Beatrice winds up getting out, and then everything's fine. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, uh, so what about the demon? Uh, the demon, he likes to eat the witches. That's the reason why he got the preacher to kill witches to begin with, so that he can like suck the marrow out of their bones, because they have inherent magic inside their, their bone marrow. Uh, but doesn't really follow through. At the end, he's just like, okay, well, I guess I'll keep... It's kind of like a cliffhanger, like, well, I'll keep an eye on Beatrice then. Like, there's going to be a second book. And I was like, oh, well, that sucks. So the high point was just Beatrice, Beatrice getting abducted, but then so, she's fine, is, and it just kind of ended. Are there more books? Is this a series? Do you have to keep reading? Is I'm not going to keep reading. No, I don't want to get sucked but, into but that. But if you want, there are more books? Is that what you're saying? I don't think so. I think that's the only book. I mean, she might be writing another one or something, but I haven't seen okay. that there's like it's part of a series or anything. Okay. And I don't care to follow up on it. It was, uh, it was entertaining, but I was kind of surprised that the ending was kind of lackluster, considering all the, all the 
characters. Like, you had the main ones I talked about, then you had some others that were really interesting. You had a young girl that was a lot like one of the witches, but she was young and she was homeless. Um, she winds up seeming like she's important, then she just kind of gets dropped and doesn't matter. Uh, there's another man who lost an arm during the Civil War. Uh, he kind of doesn't really serve much of a purpose, uh, except for just kind of being the boyfriend that's around. And it's just kind of like everything just kind of went towards the end. So I was kind of like, oh, well, that's too bad. It was entertaining, but it wasn't like a good ending where I was happy. So that's my my book reviews. Pretty exciting, Ben. This whole us not reading the same book thing. (laughs) Wow. Just get a Kindle. I don't. We've we've gotten over this. All right, fine. Don't get a Kindle then. I don't want to. Yeah. Well, what are you going to read next week, Ben? Uh, well, I've started reading, it's called The Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know much about it going into it. It's, I guess, kind of a sci-fi thing, sort of, with a lot of uh, religious themes and undertones to it. So I'm getting into that. It's I'm not very far into it, but it's pretty good so far. It's from, like, 1996, I think, and the author's name is Mary Doria Russell, so. All right. So that's what I'm doing next. What about you? I am going to dive into that My Work Is Not Yet Done by Thomas Ligotti. Um, That one I'm hoping will be interesting and weird enough. And also, uh, he doesn't write books that are intended to be part of a series, so I won't be annoyed if the, uh, you know, at a weird cliffhanger at the end. Yeah, I did realize after I started um, into this one, The Sparrow, that there's a sequel to it, so I might have to... Oh, boy. I might have to... I might have been sucked into a little series here, but we'll see. There's only two. Oh, really? Does it end two? Yeah, just, or just yeah. two so far? Oh, okay. No, just two. The one, from, the one I'm reading is from 1996, and the follow-up is, I think, just from a few years after that, so... Oh, well, yeah. there you go. From the 90s uh, to, what, 98? Uh, and nothing else afterwards? I guess you don't have to worry about a third book coming down the pipe. You're going to be obligated Yeah, to probably read. not. I'm wondering if the author just moved on to other things. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's where I am. Well, there you go. Like they're, they're both pretty well-reviewed, so if I do have to read another book, I guess it wouldn't be bad. Critically acclaimed is uh, a no. word that's in the Goodreads description, so, you know. All right. Well, must fine. be good. I don't know if it was one of Oprah's picks, but, you know. Do you ever talk to anyone on Goodreads? No, God, no. Why would I do that? Yeah, I uh, once worked with a woman who uh, met a guy on Goodreads, and they talked about books all the time, and she wound up hooking up with them. Really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, maybe I should say I didn't realize that was happening on Goodreads. So how do, hmm, yeah, how do I swing that? If you just start, uh, what? It's just like I anything just started, else. Like, just stalking the comments section and seeing, like... Pretty much. I'm like, oh, her face looks pretty. And yeah. she reads books. I'll, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's more... It's a. I think you use Goodreads as a different type of dating app, which is instead of, like, uh, whatever where you're swiping it, based on looks and, you know, whatever the brief description is, this one is of the mind. You have to dive in more. Get a sense of the person as you're, you know, commenting on their comments and say, oh, that was a really good point, and that kind of thing. So that could be you. You should make that your full-time thing, because that could be an investment. You don't just get a video date right away. You have to really invest in there, really chat them up. I think up. The, the dating is how you get to know the people, not by stalking them online. Well, it's the other way around on Goodreads dating, Ben. It's well, a whole new I, game. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm on board with that. Right. It's weird, because when you say that, you, you sound like you're crabby. You sound like a curmudgeon. You don't sound like you're open to new personality experiences <laughs> I mean it's just like if you were just to phrase how you say that differently maybe it would help you appreciate the interaction of spending six to eight months wooing someone before you actually get to talk to them in person <laughs> you're right I should keep an open mind about that oh yeah and what's the benefit of keeping an open mind about hitting on people in Goodreads um, you'll get laid by someone you can have a conversation with afterwards about books <laughs> that's the you that's want a the ultimate conversation game. afterwards. What why what's with the conversation afterwards? I don't want that. Oh, the the book about the house on the woods on the lake or whatever. 
uh, there's a whole scene where he has sex with his wife after she finally remembers him, um, you know, for which is a good chunk of the end of the book. Then she finally remembers him and they have sex and she sings while they have sex. And this is while I'm shoveling mulch. I think to myself, well, that'd be the most annoying thing on the face of the earth. Yeah trying to get into a sexual moment with someone and all of a sudden they're just like, no! <laughs> the weirdest thing. Yeah. But in your case, maybe during the act of coitus, uh, suddenly she'll quote, <laughs> catch her in the rye. <laughs> and then I saw Phil and I thought Phil was a phony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's hot. That's what I'm that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, you got to be open to new experiences, Ben. Yeah. Well, with that, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, I don't think so. I think we covered everything, right? We read yeah. a couple of books. We're both furloughed. Both are, furloughed. Are you, are you happy about being furloughed? I guess we didn't really talk about that. Like I've <clears throat> made it clear, I'm I'm thrilled about it. Are you? Um, you happy with the arrangement or not so much? I think once I hit Friday where it's okay for me to be out in public again, like I'll go take walks and stuff and just make sure I stay far away from people and that sort of thing. Uh, I can certainly wear the mask if I'm out taking a walk. Uh, but um, I think when I can just be out in public again, like go to the grocery store myself instead of having to wait for someone to drop it off, uh, then I'll feel a little bit better. But yeah, right now I'm going stir crazy because I've spent the, what, two weeks that I was actually ill in the house. And now I've got another week on top of it. So it's nice to get outside and do yard work. It's keeping me sane. But I think what I'm going to do after all the yard work is all done and there's nothing else for me to do, I think I'm going to dive into the Conan the Barbarian series uh, for my other podcast. Okay. Like, I'm doing a lot of research. Like, I'm looking up the author who wound up, like, starting this whole genre of, like, sword and magic sort of stuff. Um, and he wound up killing himself. And it was, yeah, it's so he's like, he's interesting on his own because he like grew up. What's his name again? Robert E. Howard. That sounds right. Yep. Is he wearing like a fedora? Do you see it? Is it on Wikipedia? No, I'm on Goodreads. So just looked yeah, up the it's, book. Yep. Robert E. Howard. So, um, yeah, he grew up like in a wealthy home and he had all these like aspirations for what he was supposed to be. But then he decided to take up boxing. And so his parents hated that. And he wound up being a boxer for many years and then started writing and created an entire genre that nobody else had ever done, where you have the sword and sorcery kind of approach. Like Tolkien was already kind of doing it, but it's like a very highbrow sort of approach on that. His was more straight up, just like pulp fantasy, whatever. And um, then because of him, that spiraled off like a whole other kind of sword and sorcery, you know, style stories from there on out. But yeah, and then even though he was successful and everything, he wound up like committing suicide. So I want to dive into him more and find out more about him. So my first episode is going to just be all about him. And then I'm going to read them all sequentially. It's going to be a big project, Ben. This is going to be my swan song. That's your swan song? You're done then? Uh, maybe, because I can keep imagining like this is going to be my opus as far as podcasting goes. And then I'll probably like die. And then at my funeral instead of music being played as people are sitting and waiting for like the eulogies and stuff, they'll just play clips from my Conan podcast. So you'll have to give a eulogy and it better be all about my Conan podcast. And then what happens to book boys? We're just done. No, you can keep going if you want. You're going to have to find somebody else uh, like me. There's nobody like you. You know that. What about your mom? What if your mom guest hosted one day? Guests... Like in addition to both of us, or in yeah, maybe in addition to in lieu of one of us, or is she thinking, like, should I have her Skype you next week instead of me and just have her talk to you? <laughs> it would be hilarious if she was just as biting and critical <laughs> of me. Like if I mispronounce something, she'll like correct me just like you do, but she'll be like a little more scolding and mother, like kind of a disapproving mother kind of vibe. Where do you think I get this from? I was just going to say, it would basically be like a female version of Ben, just, but you know, more momish. Like, I can hear that you're, you're smacking your lips. Stop doing that. And I'd be like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll actually listen to her instead of. Oh, yeah. You know, respect for, respect for a mom who raised a child. You got to have respect for that. Uh, or, yeah, we got to think about how to shake things up because if we're reading separate books, our episodes are getting real, real short. Um, well, no, we're just, we're doing more banter. That's fine. 
none of the banter's fine. What if, uh, what if you brought in somebody else? Like, besides your mom. Like, what if your mom came on just to actually, with her mouth, do the segment about, uh, about, uh, gardening? And then we can question her on the spot. <laughs> You're like, well, that's stupid, Gretchen. What a, what's a seedling? <laughs> it's like right there, and she has to answer. You know, I don't. The way you're presenting it right now, I don't think you're selling this very well. If you're no, you don't like the idea here that we're going to be. We should have uh, your mom on the show, and we're going to be openly hostile towards her. <laughs> See if we can get her on board with this. Well, you got any friends that want to be on the show, Ben? That could also be an option. See, I don't know about this. This is reminding me of fuckboys when we were trying to oh, figure out yeah. who the third fuckboy should be, and we just decided we couldn't. Fuckboys is a two-man operation. I think bookboys is too. Yeah, you're probably right, and you're Steve right. And me. Fuckboys, yeah. the trying to introduce a third fuckboy was really a bad idea because after that, fuckboys kind of died. We weren't doing it anymore. Well, I mean, that's probably good. It's no, I know, but healthier that we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, for sure. But it was a like we tried a few times afterwards, but we couldn't recreate the magic because we. Well, uh, it was just, and part of that was just the. The fuckboy locations kept closing down. We kept putting <laughs> the fuckboy bars out of business. So. Do you think that both those locations would have stayed open if we weren't there screwing it up? No, I think it's just it's kind of a symbiotic thing where if the fuckboys are at an establishment, that means the establishment is failing. <laughs> it was failing before fuckboy showed up, but fuckboy showed up because it's failing. It's okay. This, so it's like it was yeah, sort of like we were just drawn to it because we could sense it's like failure busk, and we just yeah. Were, and and maybe the establishments hadn't even realized it yet, but once they see fuckboy show up, they're like, oh, I guess they that's were. It for, I guess that's it for us. They were very nice to us at both locations. Uh, but did you notice that Merlin's Rest, which is still open, did not appreciate us being there at all? So uh, I guess that's yeah, their they drove their us success. away and they, they're thriving. So, well, I don't, who knows? They, maybe they won't come out of this uh, COVID thing. But uh, oh, yeah. that's a good point. You know, we could always go out and redo Fuckboys just by standing outside Merlin's Rest because we can't go in. And we'll just get drunk outside of Merlin's Rest. We could always do that. Have to get up and get drunk again, Ben. Take it back up just to try and get the fuckboys happening again. How are we yeah, do fuckboys now? I'm fine just not dealing with the three-day hangovers that would inevitably <laughs> follow a fuckboys night. So we can, just, we can just stick with what we're doing. Yeah, and the purpose of fuckboys kind of died when we started doing a podcast. Only because you and I would get together and we wouldn't like have a lot to say to each other. But then one night you said, like, we were, we meant well, like, we wanted to catch up, we wanted to talk, but it was like a little, a little awkward, little fits and starts, yeah. and wasn't really flowing, and so it's just, we'd spend a couple hours away. But then one night you said, why don't we just get really, really drunk right now? And I said, okay, let's try that. Uh, you know, we'll get rides home and everything. And, um, and that's where the magic happened. But you're right. It was like a solid next day of hangover where my day yeah. was wasted. But and, you're right. It was magic. It was magic, but now we don't need that magic because we can actually we have a conversation and, sober and uh, we're fine now. And yeah. there's also the problem with just trying to recapture magic like that. It never works out as you want it to. So it's best just to have that be a pleasant memory of our past and, and leave it as such. And I suppose. Unless we do hike boys. <laughs> Leg boys. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't realize he had such great legs. I mean, did, two guys you know, with great legs getting you know, out there. I'll have to buy myself my own uh, jogging skin tight jogging pants, like you have, so that everyone can see my legs. Well, I think if you're going hiking, you should just get some nice short hiking shorts. Oh, short and ones. Them yeah, don't leave anything to the imagination. All right, that's not a bad idea. Also, this conversation makes me think of short shorts with uh, testicles hanging out. Which makes me think of, I watched on Hulu recently, uh, The Comedians. I have completely fallen in love with Josh Gad. Do you know who Josh Gad is? Uh, I do. I'm not that super familiar with his work. I'm not, I can't say I'm like a huge fan of his or anything, but I know who he is. Yeah, it's him and Billy Crystal. And they did like one season of this show back in like 2016. Uh, and, uh, and the show was, I found it weirdly funnier than I expected it to be. I thought it'd be a lot of light humor and not that funny. Uh, but all of a sudden, Josh Gad, I'm a huge fan. Fell in love with that man. All right. 
I don't know if it's healthy, but I just like spend a lot of my free time thinking about him. Like when I was out doing yard work, remembering some of his hilarious jokes in the show. It's a little bit of an obsession. This is the reason why I need to be out around people. (laughs) (laughs) I actually care about Josh Gad. (laughs) Yeah, you need to get out. All right. Well, with that, uh, thanks for listening. Oh, Oh, look at that. You actually threw one in. Oh, that was cute. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Ben. And thanks for listening. We'll talk to everyone next week.